here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Well, thank you, Mad Painter. That's also Thomas R. Becker, our producer, general manager. And we appreciate everybody and hope that you will enjoy our show today because this is sort of a neat take on what we are doing together as people that are just milling about smartly on the planet. Some of us are civilians, some of us are prior military, retired, and veterans. And today we're doing a mission of advocacy for awareness of what we call ufology. And I've been very fortunate in social media to build quite a few groups uh, with Facebook. So thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, and I wish I had his money. <laughs> no, not really. It's not about money, our UFO club. This is ACO UFO Club with Tina Bird UK and Tommy Hawksblood and uh, myself, Teresa J. Morris. And we're going to do uh, something here to hopefully get everybody interested in what we're creating, different groups with different interesting uh, subjects, topics that may appeal to others. Now, um, we have uh, available two hours a day, so get in touch with me if you'd like to do a show. Uh, TJ Morris Agency at gmail.com, or you can let a mad painter know on uh, Skype if you Skype people. And his name is Thomas R. Becker, and he's very uh, nice, and he can find you on Skype when I can't. Now, Tommy Huxblood's been helping me seven years, and uh, he got started with me here on the first show I ever did by myself here with, uh, well, wasn't by myself, I had a lot of other people helping me, but I mean, as a uh, host, and uh, he was here, so was Janet Lesson, and uh, Lynn Caston, and Dr. Alexander Lesson, and another gentleman uh, out of uh, Sedona, and uh, we were going to market and promote Stargate to the Cosmos, which happened in 2018, but now in 2019, we're getting organized with various groups, including the UFOassociation.org. So I ask uh, other people. Now, I had UFOassociation.com in the beginning years and years and years ago with Stanton Friedman and George Filer being the first two that asked me if I would help. And I asked if we could all work together. So we did years and years ago. But there's a history that I was given back for the UFO Association of Friends all the way back to NASA in, in 1969. But... Uh, we have accepted Dr. Bruce Maccabee, who is an old historian, and his book is out. Uh, just look up Dr. Bruce Maccabee, Ph.D., please. And Richard Dolan uh, put his book out there, and so he is our ACO and UFO Association National Director. And he's an old-timer investigator and uh, really good at it, and uh, I hope you'll – uh, tune into him in our Facebook groups. Now, Tommy Hawksblood has uh, added his name, Tommy Hawksblood Sinisi on Facebook, S-N-I-S-I, but uh, most of you know him in radio, television, and uh, documentaries, and he's been a speaker at prophet conferences, other metaphysical, spiritual, uh, psychic groups, uh, even in Florida, where I live now in Gulf Breeze, and uh, I've done a couple here. 
and uh, one in Mid-South Con in Memphis. Now, Tina Bird of UK, she and I have uh, been working in the ufology field, uh, only knowing of each other in the last year or two. Of course, this year went by quick, so it's probably two years. And uh, we've asked her to join us, and Tommy arranged to make this show happen. So he is bringing her in on his Skype line. So she's going from UK over to the big island of Hawaii and then back around here to Gulf Breeze, Florida, and then uh, from New York for Blog Talk Radio out to Washington, where the state of Washington, where this gets put out to everybody else. So that's sort of the history of where the calls are taking place, not to mention the satellites above. Now, we're going to call this uh, Who, Which, What, or What, Which, Who, and we're going to discuss various topics weekly. And this will go out to iTunes and iHeart, which we're very proud of, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, FM Radio. Uh, I said iTunes and iHeart, so Spreaker, Stitcher, those are the two S's, FM Radio, Podcast, Podbean, SoundCloud, MixCloud, all kind of different places. And uh, we've been doing this for seven years, and we're really happy to have other people carry our show. Now, keep in mind that each of us in the entire universe has various levels of existence, and uh, we're going to do our best to explain our personal existence and why all of a sudden people are tuning in and being more aware of what we call UFOs, and they're called by other names, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. UAP is very popular, UAPs. And uh, Tommy and Tina have been keeping up with people in social media, and uh, historically I was more back uh, historically in the early days. Uh, I came in 1967, and my husband worked at NASA. So I have more of a historical view back to keeping up with who, what was in the government and who was writing the stories, and that's when Stan Friedman came into my life, Don Berliner, and uh, I knew about Rick Doty and the Benowitz case, and, of course, Linda Moulton Howell. Let's see, uh, Whitley Strieber, while I was going through the Navy, uh, his book, Shirley McLean, that kind of stuff, more popular stuff. But uh, I was more interested in what was really going on inside the government, so I joined and, and uh, joined the Navy so I could see what I could find out. And I actually got to go uh, in the early 70s on a case that was the Roswell case, but Jesse Marcel, Louisiana, I lived in Louisiana, then I moved to Houston, Texas, and I got to do a lot on the Jesse Marcel case, including through three generations. So uh, I have a long history, but being behind the lines as a true investigator, I actually got paid to be an investigator. And uh, so now I'm working uh, to spread awareness for free as a hobby. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Tommy and Tina, and we're going to discuss just anything and everything so I hope you enjoy it, and we will have topics uh, weekly. Here we go. Tommy Hawksblood, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Greetings, everyone. Uh, Tommy here calling from the Big Island of Hawaii. Uh, there's a lot going on. We're going to get into multiple topics, but I just want to bring a little more insight to what's really going on on the planet that's really critical to us. Uh, I'm sure you hear about what's happening in California they're not talking about the other, other countries that are actually having the same kind of problems, uh, from Alaska down to all the islands around Australia. 
and they're having multiple earthquakes between 6.9, 7.1 uh, every week as well. The Ring of Fire is on fire, and just a viewpoint, mine, but I've been following it for 20 years, uh, and I have it back down to all the way to 1900s when it first first started documenting those kind of things. We are in the worst time in volcanoes and earthquakes ever in history. The amount of earthquakes have escalated from 0 0.2, 0 0.5, 2.1, 2.5, 6, 7, 8, all those kind of numbers, to 4.5 to 6.789. So the numbers are frequent and, and large. Now, California is splitting. They actually show you a split in California, and it's not something normal. And basically, I just want to throw in this real fast. I did a lot of research and work where Tesla worked. He created the first earthquake machine in the 1900s. The government broke in there to shut it off. Otherwise, he would have leveled a uh, couple blocks in New York City. So the government took the device and started working with it. And that was 100 years ago. Imagine the technology they have with that right now. But the only other problem with that, other countries have the technology as well. So I see not only are we going to be in physical war, we're going to be in chemical war, uh, earth, earth energy war, uh, and all those kind of things, which will affect us greatly. And you'll be noticing that by the whales dying, the dolphins dying, the animals dying, everything's dying. Uh, I know people don't like to hear the truth, but sorry, the truth is out there and you need to follow it. Because if your area is in trouble, now they're scaring people to death here about the storms that are going to hit Hawaii and how, how bad it's going to be. And, and I mean, if you're watching the United States, the weather has changed completely around the world. So uh, just to throw this back into the picture is, is it just our government? Is it Chinese and Russian government? Are aliens playing the game too? So I would suggest think of all the facts that we're going to try to put out there as, as true as we can. Tesla did work on earthquake machines, but uh, the technology for it, he did work with an alien race. I do not know what race that is. He didn't put that in his personal notes. He just said alien race. So whatever race gave him this technology, realized what we were going to do with it. So every level, you try to start piecing the pieces that we'll put out together so you have a greater understanding what's really going on the planet, what's really going on with our government, what's really going on with the aliens and what they do. Because the stories are multiple, there's millions of stories out there, and very few of them match each other, which is not a good thing. If 10 people witness something, they'll have a lot of the facts will be the same. But if the 10 people have totally different stories, obviously they didn't see the same thing. So uh, Tina Bird, who we're going to be talking to, uh, has her experiences for part of her life. I have mine from part of my life, and TJ has hers from her life. The only thing, and I'm a hardcore person about proving it to yourself first, making sure what you're saying is real. Because if you exaggerate a story and tell other people, that's fine and dandy. But in the end, when you're dying on your deathbed, you're going to have to face all the lies you created in this reality. Now, when people talk about aliens and abduction, that's going to be critical because it is going on. And what they can do and what, what's based on that I'm going to bring up a real famous name, and I'm one of the few people that know much more about John Lennon than a lot of people do. My brother's drummer, uh, 
was really good friends with John Lennon. Actually was given his ranch when John Lennon was killed. Uh, but John Lennon was abducted and he hated the fact that he was, which we're going to get into. But I mean, there's multiple stories we're going to deal with, but I'm basing it on as much fact and as much experience that I have with people that are involved with the situation outside of the stories I will be talking about that I actually and personally experienced, the same as uh, Tina has. So with that, uh, please try to pull the pieces of what you can that you can accept or even the ones you can't, try to find out about it. Because I feel people are in the place of need to know right now. What's going to happen to the planet in the next 10 years will change us to a point where we won't even realize where we were 10 years before it. I mean, the whole robot thing, computerized robot, they're talking about the technology of aliens being smarter than us within 10 years. And that should be scary. The same as all the stores are going to computerized robots, all the things that fly and move are going to robots. And, and, and uh, I can't even think of the proper word. Who knows it? Of machine and, and uh, computerized knowingness rather than human consciousness. But they're becoming more real. So we've got some really cool stories to bring out that are real, that have happened. And as I suggest, pull up in information or whatever we talk about. Make sure you follow it and search it out to the max. Don't give up because one person says, oh, it's fake. One person says, oh, it was real. Pull up as much facts on everything we talk about because you do need to retain the little pieces that are real and piece them all together. And then you'll have your own truth that will be important. And it will be real to you and it will be real to the world. All right. With that, uh, I'll give it over to Tina. Greetings, Tina. How are you today? Hello, Tom. And greetings from the UK. How are you? I'm doing good. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and, and get into it a little bit, all right? Oh, man. They cut her off already? Uh, I hope not. Oh. I'm <laughs> there from she is. Okay, uh, Tina. No, no, no. Go I'm ahead. still here. So okay. I'm here. Okay, good. Start, start so, over. Uh, if greetings, you don't everybody. Mind. Greetings, Tina. Uh, start all over. <laughs> okay, hi, guys. Greetings from across the pond. Uh, my name is Tina Bird, and um, I'm a adoptee from the UK. Um, in the UK, we see things slightly different from what our American counterparts do. Um, and we, yeah, we we too believe that you should check things yourself. If you see it, report it. You're not going mad. Millions of people see it every day. And a bit of what TJ said too is true. There's more in the past and because more documentation is being released, more things are coming forward, more things are being reported and more things are coming out. And as Tommy also rightfully said, there are more links. As we learn more about our history, we learn more about our own history and the history of space and, and, and mankind and human beings. Nobody is trying to convince anybody to change religion or believe what we say. You need to check it out for yourselves. And until people see things or see something strange or remember something that's happened to them, um, then they call it into question. Some people just don't remember and, and in total denial, and that's fine. But there are millions of people out there that probably experience something and don't realize what they're seeing or what's happened to them. So I'm in agreement with both TJ and Tommy. And so if you want to call into the show or message the show, please do so. And me, Tommy, and TJ would be quite happy to answer any questions uh, we have. 
um, uh, about our show tonight? Oh, the number is three four seven nine four five seven two zero seven. Please call in if you have an important question or a question that's important to you. Thank you. I have right, a TJ. message. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I have a message from Messenger on my phone from a lady called um, Amber, um, and she just remarked saying that she has a story from her grandmother told her about strange things that used to happen to her and she never really believed it because um, she'd tell it all her life. It wasn't until she died recently that um, Amber's been having strange occurrences, something similar to um, her nan and recently found scoop marks on her body and she just asked for advice and who would you report things like this to and um, she just wanted to know really more about scoop marks found on human beings. Uh, really well, fast on that. that. Uh, okay, Tommy, uh, let her mention. Let's mention that we do have a division of alienologists, and uh, we have Steve Colburn in uh, the USA, as well as Daryl Sims, and they're more into actually uh, doing the research. So uh, just write those names down. You can find them here with our group. D e r r e l l s i m s. He actually uh, assists others, as does Steve Colburn, C-O-L-B-U-R-N, I believe, or B-E-R-N. I have to look him up myself. But those are two names you want to get in touch with on Facebook. Please tell them you heard it right here on TJ T Radio with UFO Association and ACO UFO Club. And Daryl knows me. He's in uh, Houston area, Texas, where I was investigating. But, Tina, if you got it in your area, maybe she's in the U.K. So, Tina... Back to you. Do you have an alienologist that helps those that have been abducted uh, with their case or takes down the case, or are you going to start doing that? They can email you personally, and then you help uh, you know, discover other people in the U.K. So back to you, Tina. Tell her how you would discuss that, and then Tommy can say how he helps uh, those that uh, get to the people to get whatever information they need. So back to you, Tina. Thank you, TJ. Um yeah, sure. We do have a person here in the UK. Um, there's nothing really much in the south of England. There's a Hampshire UFO group. But the main case reporting for um, alien abduction here in the UK is a group called Bufog, and that's Birmingham UFO group. And their head investigator and chairman of the UFO group is a gentleman called David Hodrian. And he investigates amazing cases, not just in the UK, in Australia and world war. Loser, Tommy? Uh, no, I'm um, okay. And when people, um, it's realization, I think, for a lot of people. Um, once you realize what's happening to you, you don't know who to tell or where to turn to for help. So um, it took me quite a long time. Um, I contacted the UFO magazine here in the UK, which Gary Hesseltine runs. Oh, well. Uh, you okay, Tommy? Uh, you, 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 you went out again somehow. But you're back again. Uh, this is going to be a problem. But uh, 
Go ahead. So the UFO Group magazine uh, here in the UK, who's run by Gary Hesseltine, um, published my story in four of their issues this year. So there is help out there. There is people you can talk to and people you can contact in the UK. We do hold seminars here in the UK, and we often speak about all you guys in America, like Daryl Sims. I'm meeting him later this year. Um, uh, I believe that's at Gary Hesseltine's conference uh, in Yorkshire, the UFO Truth magazine. And like Richard Dolan, uh, someone else who TJ mentioned, meeting him and his wife, I believe, later in the year, uh, actually in two weeks' time at the um, Awakening uh, Conference in Manchester, England. So there are loads of other conferences. There's even a um, crop circle group. So in England, like as 10, 20 years ago, there was hardly anything about. It's really not taken off but I think because more people are seeing things for themselves more people like TJ said are investigating it for themselves and more people are checking it out and just asking questions did you see this who do I report it to and I think ancient aliens being on TV has opened up a lot of um, pathways of people's interests they're interested in guys like us um, and again it's like contactees if someone said you robbed a bank and there was 10 people on the street and you didn't have an alibi, they would find you guilty on that evidence. But if you're alone in your room and abducted and taken and you tell somebody, nobody's going to believe you, but they believe somebody with no evidence that a picture photograph just to say that person there robbed the bank. It's just that when you're taken in your bedroom that there aren't 10 other witnesses with you at the time. And I understand that a lot of people do come forward and tell the truth and aren't believed because their story, their stories are going to sound so crazy. But um, it's not a human everyday experience. You're seeing something not of this world. It's not going to sound like anybody's story. It is going to sound like something made up because it's not something you see on TV every day. But on that subject alone... Uh, this week uh, is a Pixar picture, I believe, uh, released, I'm not sure about over in the U USA. Um, there's a, a, like a Pixar children's um, film called um, like Shaun the Sheep or Wallace and Gromit. They're like animated characters for children, very big here in the UK. And they've released one called Farmageddon and it teaches children about alien abduction. It tells them that UFOs are real and they find, as Sean the Sheep finds an alien being and helps this alien and the government, it tells them that the government are liars. Uh, it's quite a cool advert. You can go on um, YouTube or you can go on the internet and look Farmageddon up and it tells you about crop circles and they say the aliens are friendly and that uh, this sheep helps all these aliens get back to their own world. And he shows them what the earth is like and what people on the earth and what the governments are like. So that's really desensitizing children and letting them know things like that are real and it does go on. So, you know, uh, it, the things are starting to move towards uh, the field of ufology because people want more answers, more people coming forward. It's coming to a point where it is common every day now. So they're releasing more and more files. Yeah, I can understand why some of them are secret, some of them are military, but you've got millions of people just like me and you, Tommy, and, and uh, TJ, 
that have seen things, heard things, and seen things with their own eyes. That's why people sound crazy, because the truest stories are normally just, are, are crazy. Like I said, it's not a, a TV series. It's people's lives and genuine things that they've seen. Well, what I want to get into real fast about Let me mention that real quick, Tommy, when she brought that up. Sean the Sheep on IMDb is uh, Sean the Sheep Verma Geddon in 2019, and it's when an alien with amazing powers crash lands near Mossy Bottom Farm. Sean the Sheep goes on a mission to shepherd the intergalactic visitor's home. So there you go, folks. Uh, There's a wikipedia.org on that. A Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Wikipedia. And there are a whole bunch of uh, domain names, aliensandchildren.org, uh, animationmagazine.net, it's Aliens Love Underpants and Kits Up for Sky, third UK trailer for Ardman Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, six days ago. That's on firstshowing.net, uh, third UK trailer for Ardman Sean the Sheep movie. So, when the an intergalactic visitor, impish and adorable alien called Lula, crash lands near, I'm sure the the uh, connect with children too. New trailer for Sean the Sheep. So I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know about that. So I did a quick, uh, as we say, we I Googled it. <laughs> so movie trailers, fairshowing.net. So thanks for bringing that up, Tina. And uh, we are American Communications Online folks and. Uh, we're here to help any way we can. Today is our UFOassociation.org club, ACO UFO club, and uh, you're welcome to join us uh, weekly. And uh, if you have a story to tell that you'd like to share, please let us know. It's Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. How about that? And uh, we're all movie watchers. Uh, it comes with the territory while we're here on the planet. And uh, Alien UFO Sightings is tuned in, so thank you, Alien UFO Sightings, and Steve Colburn of uh, Washington, and uh, it is C-O-L-B-E-R-N. So now, back to you, Tommy. I just wanted to, if somebody mentions something, I'll Google it real quick, you, Tommy, or or, uh, Tina. We're we're shooting from the hip today, okay? I'm going to go back on mute. I'm on mute. All right. What I wanted to get into... uh... With, with, with abduction and things like that, scoop marks and implants, uh, Tina can talk about that as well. But what I want to say is trying to prove that is hard because uh, I had blood, somebody had it, of a, an alien supposedly. My brother's a chemist, and I asked him, can he find a company that would analyze the blood for us? And he said he couldn't. And he got back to me and said, no, nobody will do it. Uh, most mainstream doctors will not put their name on anything classified as alien. Now, I know you heard about Bigfoot and Sasquatch. They've been around forever. To prove that they're real is just about impossible as of right now. I was only a foot away from one, so I know they're real, so I don't have to prove it to myself. But as far as other people. Now, all the hair samples that have been reported and given to chemistry labs have proven to be a bear. Now, not saying hair could actually be the same DNA, no matter what creature has it. Uh, But they say, well, elk has their own, uh, deer and everything has their own DNA. But the bear seems to be the closest to a Bigfoot, considering all the people that came out with samples of uh, hair from a Bigfoot 
Now, there was a group of people that went to Tibet. Tibet has a story of the Yeti, and they got one in captivity, not captivity, it's, they got the skeleton of one. They took a sample of that, came back, and analyzed it, and tur turned around and said it was a bear. It was the Roncola bear that's up in Tibet, but they said it was still a bear. So what I'm going to tell you is when you get marks on your body, uh, doctors will probably make an excuse how it happened. Uh, even with exorcisms, I mean, when a person gets possessed and they get marks down their back that they can't reach and things like that, uh, they'll still come up with an excuse that a person still did it to themselves. So I always say the proof is important. But you have to prove it to yourself because that's all that really matters unless you're going to try to make money off of it. So if you get pop marks and there's different kind of marks, there was a video put out in the UFO conference world maybe 25 years ago. And he put out a tape how to determine if you were abducted. Uh, but the signs are pretty well common, lost time and things like that. Uh, it's hard to prove to anybody else about lost time unless you're with somebody and you both have lost time. And your miracle is in a different place. I can go into a lot of stories that I personally know, but I wasn't there. So I'm not going to go into them right now. But getting back to you as a person, when you're trying to prove something, if you have blood, make sure you keep it safe, protected in something where it's not going to evaporate. And even if it does, the dry blood still can be tested. Any evidence. Store in the fridge. Store it in the fridge or freezer. But make sure you keep anything that you're given as as a sample to try to prove your scenario of what you're talking about. But I feel bad because in the UFO world, Bigfoot has not been proven in any way yet. And that's sad because there's been multiple, multiple uh, hair samples, footprints, and all that turned in, uh, and it's always written off as not real. So even a person, I'm not going to mention a name, did research on it for 40 years and still can't prove anything about a certain thing. So... What I'm still trying to say to everybody out there that's listening, we're going to feed you information. You're going to have to pick and choose what you can put together. I mean, you're not going to be able to prove our experiences. Personal experience is just that. It's a person's experience. When a person says they talk to God, is it believable or not? I mean, when a person says they were dealing with 10 aliens and they were all talking to them, well, that's their choice. But here's the bottom line for everything that's happening. What is the reason for it to happen and what is it going to do to society and the world itself now they're the things that are important not how many people say something how many people had this or did that or even how many pictures of a ufo are in the sky why are they really here what are they really going to do is it going to help anybody or is it not and the only solution and scenario i'll give to you look at the earth right now looking Look at the condition of the planet and look at the things that are happening that are not normal. Just about everything that's happening is not normal. The earthquake chart's not normal. The amount of herds of animals dying at a, in one period of time is not normal. And I'm hardcore. I mean, I'll debate people when somebody says something so ridiculous out of their programmed idea of what's true. When somebody said that herds of elk were dying because they drank water from the... Uh, now, from the eruption up on the mountain, I said that's impossible because herds of deer have been dying across the United States. Herds of elk have been dying in large herds. And I was with a person whose husband was the top specialist in the, in the field, had to classify elk dying as cow disease, the mad cow disease. 
Again, how's a herd of elk in the wild come down with mad cow disease? So the scenario is when, when government has to release facts on it, and I'll tell you personally, the people that I know that disappeared or in jail or in the nut house, the stories were completely twisted, exaggerated, and transformed into something totally ridiculous. And please, just because more people come out and say it doesn't mean the government's going to tell the truth about it. All the UFO stuff, they can't deny that because everybody sees it. How many people know what they're really doing? Now, the last thing I'll give you on that, because I was involved with hypnosis. I was doing that when I started when I was 14 years old. I did past life regression. I did psychic implant removals. I did all that myself without schooling, without teachers telling me what's right, what's wrong, or how to do it. When a person gets abducted, and I work with people that got abducted, they can be programmed with whatever the race that abducted them wants them to believe. So the same as the government has been programming people in the army. So you got the government and aliens reprogramming people to believe what they want them to. So when a person comes out and says something, well, they could have been with an alien. They could have been on a ship. But because their experiences, well, they had dinner and they had steak dinner and, and it was a really great time, doesn't mean that's what the aliens really did. Uh, Tina, did you want to say something? Uh, no, yeah, so uh, you're very right, Tommy. Uh, everyone's experience is different, and just because they say it doesn't make it real. And again, something TJ said, and you said, it's about proof. Like, uh going to take it back one step to something TJ said. It's like there's a guy, I think he's died now, his name was John Mack, I think, if I get it right, he was a psychiatrist. And he said he'd do evaluations, if I've got this right, on abductees to see if they were saying what they were saying were true. And in the end, his conclusions after interviewing all these different people that were referred to him is that, yes, it is a phenomenon. It's not a human phenomenon. It is something that's physically, biologically happening to human beings. Now, that is proof. That is scientific proof from the scientific community. That's fine. Like you said, everybody has their own proof, their own realisation and their own stories. And again, look what you said about proof is, like my story is my family here, my partner's been here. But, and you said like uh, people with injuries or um, how do you prove that it's happened to you? They found things inside of my body and inside my partner's body at the same depth, deep inside the body things that you couldn't do to yourself. How do you scientifically explain that? So if I had an ulcer and scrape marks and marks of the identical depth inside my body on the same night, the same thing happened to my partner, showed up a week later or months later on a scan. I had a scan and my doctor referred my partner to a scan and we both had the same results at the same depth inside our bodies. Is that evidence? Well, that's definite evidence. See, uh, we can get evidence in between the... I will say this. Science, and there was a special on it years ago, where the government did research on abductees. They measured their pulses. They put them in dream state and all that. And they said an average person under certain situations create aliens. And that was the government's oh, yeah. scenario of what really happens. I'm not saying it's yeah. right. It's definitely not. Yeah. But 
uh, it's easy for an alien implant to implant whatever their thoughts on that. Now, when we go through history, there's a word called out-of-place artifact, meaning yeah. things that cannot exist in history. Yeah. And I'm saying my friend has one, and he wants a million dollars for it. But basically, it's an artifact that's here that cannot be here. So the only way it could have gotten there is somebody put it there. It just didn't pop out of the inner worlds and pop up there. So aliens did have the ability to time travel and do all those things. And what I will suggest and tell people right now, because I was friends with the only person that I know has definitely gone back in time and forward, that implants of things can be put implanted on this planet. One of the most famous UFO people a long time ago, Billy Myers, was one of those people that film UFOs all the time and everything else. But his proof was he went inside a cave, pulled out a manuscript supposedly written by Judas or Judas's yeah. biography. And it was called the town of Jamad. And that manuscript says Judas was an alien. So obviously, a year later, actual manuscripts were found, and it was in pieces. It took a year to piece it together, but it was another manuscript of Judas's story. So I would prefer to people to think about that. If this alien person working with aliens comes out with proof of something that's outside the history that we know, it is changed. Now, we keep finding pyramids... Yeah, no, no, I agree with that I, because there's a lot of things, nearly every story in the Bible or historical artifacts or things that are dug up, manuscripts and different Bibles, and I, and I don't want to bring religion into this, but nearly every story, like they can prove the Great Flood because different civilizations had it, and they can prove it because they drew what they saw. If they drew what they saw, that's a form of evidence. They've been drawing or new FAs for hundreds or millions of years. But artifacts, I think I'm not sure if I've got to disagree with you there, or I am. I'm not, I think I'm going to say no. I don't think we understand enough about human civilization. We know, like you said earlier, we know more about space and different star systems and which way the sun goes up and down than we do about Earth. And if we can't even tell you where human beings came from or even prove it, then why should we believe in the rest of science? That is just one person's point of view. We need to know more about our origins and our Earth and where we came from, I think, than we should space exploration. Well, I know that it's pushing the cart before the horse, but they can dig up stuff and say, yes, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. But it may not be. It well, may be millions of years old, but they can't prove it. Yeah. I, started this, I, I think one will lead to the other. I personally want space exploration. But I want us to know more about our origin. And now the, uh, we're talking more philosophy and ufology than we ever have, you know, with people that, uh, like Stan Friedman just passed, but he was very much on get the facts. Yeah. Uh, he was a physicist. But on the other hand, we have so many philosophers and some psychologists and uh, people that are working in, you've already, or somebody invoked, uh, John Mack, uh, and but there's Bud, Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs, John Carpenter, yeah. people like that. And so, you know, everybody has their own point of view, but many people are really discovering the multidimensionals with the abductees, experiencers, and uh, we're getting into quantum physics and, uh, you know, the multidimensional notion of the universe and also Tom Campbell and the theory of everything. You know, you say my big toe. But uh, TOE being theory of everything, <laughs> the hard question is origin, because no matter what we do, 
no matter how many things we say we see or don't see, whether they're UFOs or just something we don't recognize flying through the air, that's the simplest term. My husband used to take a pen for the military and the government to show him what a UFO was, but he'd take anything off of his podium and throw it, you know, in the Army uh, when he was teaching intelligence. And, you know, they asked somebody what that was, and they said, I don't know, was it? You know, they'd be guessing. He said, that is the basics of what we're talking about here is it's an unidentified flying object. You know, so that's the basic, all right, just the basic how you teach someone something flying through the air you don't recognize, so it's unidentified. Now, uh, what uh, all these people working in transformation of uh, philosophy is because nothing really can be proven the way we think unless we use our uh, senses as a humanoid, as a biological. And yeah. each person has their own biological uh, understanding, their perceptions, their filters, their opinions. And in philosophy, which is basically what the three of us are as armchair philosophers, for anybody listening to us, is we'll each have our own idea of what ufology is. Ooh, that must be Tommy or. But, uh, you know, the hybrid children was a big point with these people. And whether it's still happening in a multidimensional reality nowadays. And I'm looking into origin like you, uh, Tina, as to, you know, I'm more interested in the neuro part as to what's on the other side of the Big Bang because we can take our origin, you know, through the UFO multidimensions all the way back to the scientists call it the Big Bang, but there's always something on the other side that nobody can explain. And Tommy can yeah. go into that too because. We don't know our, you know, we can say we came from our parents, right? That's our biological body, body-mind. But uh, Tommy and I are really deep into the soul essence, I imagine you are too, is to what is our true origin? Because I've had children and I've seen their bodies and I've been visited by a man that said, I want to have a baby with you. And then the, uh, I lost the baby or I thought I lost the baby, came back to tell me that, you know, they took it. And it was a gold orb type of thing outside my door, a big, white, bright, radiant light. And I'm still not okay with that because I don't have an answer of our true origin. But I do have one of those strange experiences I don't like to talk about. But it bothers me. So that really is what got me on the path besides, uh, you know, going to White Sands when I was a child and having all these experiences that are real to me. They're my real – I can, you know, take a polygraph. These things happened to me when I died and went to the other side. And I found uh, – these things curious as to, well, what is our origin? Maybe there are beings coming and going out of this dimension. Maybe they always have. Who's to say that they're not always there? We're just at a lower level because we're in a 3D third dimension. We're, we're not really operating 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So there's my little part. So I guess we'll round table back to Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, your turn. All right. All right, what I want to talk about, I'm going to bring it backwards. Uh, Tina, I know you said you didn't want to talk about religion. But to me, religion is life. Spirituality could be part of life if we allowed it to be part of life. And the reason why I'm going to say, now, try to understand, Moses, one of the oldest figures in our history, wrote and and brainwashed trillions of people (laughs) along the way. Not trillions, but multiple billions all right. On that, Moses, when he was freeing the people, all these things that supposedly happened was proven by science to have happened. But it was proving their way when Moses flooded 
uh, when, when the water turned to red, they said it was the rust that changed that. When the frogs came out, it was because of the rust in the water. When the mist killed all the children, in those days, the adults lived upstairs, the children lived downstairs, so it did kill all the children. So all the things happened, but scientifically they proved it was because of conditions of planet Earth. Then when we go into Sodom and Gomorrah, they proved that that happened, but it wasn't God throwing balls down at people and killing them. It was basically a meteor shower that, that ramsacked that whole area. So science will always prove the actual, what we believe as supposedly has to be real, rather than something might have created it, like a demon, a spirit, an angel, or God. So the scenario will Tommy, always be there. because. Real quick, I want to mention, Tommy, if you don't mind, uh, you know, your point well taken because of the gases that flew, that, you know, for the children, the, the children that were killed, things like that. So maybe, I just want to make this point, and you can address this too, and so can Tina, is maybe as long as we know what the question is, we can come up with the answers. Because lately in quantum physics, especially with Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of his big questions, and it's the big question about origin, but is the fact that he wonders if our species, if we actually can figure out the questions to ask. In other words, that could be our, to me, that's knowing what questions to ask is part of getting the answer. So uh, I know, again, like religion may not be the answer in our science, but philosophically they all come from the philosophy, and, you know, we're, we're just putting out a hypothesis, theories, before we get, you know, what, what we think the truth is. But the truth is subjective to the person, the individual, as to what they want to believe or not. But collectively, there's universal laws that we all seem to agree to, at least in this reality, but uh, also, Tommy, talk about uh, Tom Campbell and the uh, theory of everything is what is origin? You know, and it, here on the UFO Club, we've only got so much time, but we're still in the first hour. And, mm -hmm. folks, we're just trying to come up with all the possible outlying topics you can come up with that will bring us back into ufology of what we're seeing as unidentified and uh, how we're handling it, whether it's the nuts and bolts, and we've got a lot of mutual UFO network people that are friends of ours, and I've been in it in 2008. And I started way back. We had an argument over whether it was going to be uh, different names for the original mutual UFO network in the beginning, and we're working with several people all over the world in MUFON. But the thing is with us, we're going to try to cover all of it, not just the nuts and bolts or the, or the psychology behind it. So everything, and Tommy's encompassing the, um, I guess, the largest out there macrocosm, all the way down to the microcosm, that's the sun, the sea city, and all that. So thanks, Tommy. I just want to mention you know, about what you said. Scientifically, you said that Moses, and that's going to t touch a lot of people because of uh, the Adamic face, you know, a Christian, Muslim, and, and Jew. But well, uh, All right, so that right. is part, but it's all philosophy. Back to you, Tommy. I'm going back on mute. All right. Now, religion and spirituality are very much the same. I know people say, well, religion's programmed dogma. And the people that are spiritual say, well, there's no such thing as laws and God. The difference is the God they believe in. That's basically the only difference. But uh, if you're spiritual, you believe in the universe as your God. So you re refocus it on something more abstract, per se, a God being a man which is not true either. 
So, but what I wanted to go into, like, okay, in the spiritual world, do people understand what the word means? And I go into a lot of, I did a lot of lectures on that. Uh, people assume spiritual means a certain thing. Now, going into words, which I have a hard time with when I deal with TJ, when we talk about specific words, man created most of the words we use. When, when the first person comes up with the word, if I came up with Peter Popcorn, that was my wording for something. Now, what has become accepted worldwide? Uh, it's a consciousness change to accept words that relate to what some person perceived. When somebody called an orange an orange when it wasn't called a tomato. So when a person creates a word, how does it become a real word? The same as what I'm trying to get back to is the word spiritual. If you pull it up and go over it and over it, pull up God, go over it and over it, you're not going to find anything important about what the word means. So unless you experience it, getting back to why we say experiences is the most important thing in the reality of a person's life. But here's the thing. You're here to learn who and what you are. All right. And the first only important question that has never been answered by society, scientists, religionists, or spiritualists, who was the first human being? And it wasn't Adam and Eve, which we know was not the ultimate story, but who was and where did it come from? And I, and I can only tell you what I know from direct experience from me. The stories get twisted by man. The oldest stone tablets written by man or alien, I'm not, I can't prove both of them, but the Sumerian tablets, the uh, emerald tablets are the oldest stones carving writings on this planet. Uh, and what, what did they say? Zachariah Sitchin turned around and created his whole theory from the Sumerian tablets. Whether they were real or not, he, it's his interpretation of it. And mankind has accepted that in a large number. But thought the Atlantean, that has not been accepted and twisted into the Sumerian teachings. Because thought was an, an alien, or was he God? And they twisted and say, well, he was an alien God, which is separate. They're not the same. For me personally, when you leave your body, which I talk about a lot, is the only thing important that soul needs to learn in this lifetime. Not what aliens going to feed us or, or take away our people, but what we're actually learning in this life. What is and who is the first race? And who was it? When they came here, all right, humans, who was it? Who was the first being human? Now, and I, and, and I can't say you have to really analyze this in detail. There's four colored races on this planet with different features, different everything, different DNA. No, we all didn't come from the black race, and that's provable. The same as the Hopi race is the one race that has DNA that no other race has. Proven. So that being said, they're a different race. They didn't come from the same mother and father, however you look at it. So then we go back to which came first, the egg or the chicken. And it's all scenario of science, beliefs, and programming and teachings. They can't. Oh, I don't have the thing. same blood group. What's that? I don't have the same blood group. I have a different blood group than ninety five percent of the time. Oh no, I'm I'm just saying. So if, they tried uh, to make us. Wait, 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 They tried to make us believe that we all came from the black race. But go back to you. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying. No, no, no. It's just that was interesting from what you said. That like the Aboriginal race, there's a certain Aboriginal race. Uh, that doesn't have, uh, uh, they can't identify parts of their DNA, 
even though the, the was it Cricken, someone who who found out who DNA was. Uh, so they can't. It's part of their DNA that are not human. So if they're not human, then they are alien or not of this world. So that's a scientific well, fact. Well, to me, we're all aliens. We weren't born here. I don't believe the human race was born on planet Earth. They were brought here. If you study DMO tablets, uh, if you learn to work within them, there's a special exercise you have to do to learn, go through ascension. I know TJ loves that word. But ascension is something so different than ascending. Everybody dies and ascends to the astral plane and then must they get stuck on planet Earth. But ascension means changing from one reality to a different other and learning something within that. And there's only one person that I know through all my past lives who has done that. So, I mean, we can get into those things, which we will, because people want to learn, want to understand who and what they are. But it, it, you have to start at the bottom. Why are you here? To help mankind? No, we're not here to help mankind. We want to believe that. We're programmed to believe that. We're here to a understand. A lot of people think soul. they're just stardust. You know, we're helium and hydrogen, well, and we come from stars. That's well, the big thing I is we're out there them. parts. But what, where did all that come from in the beginning? There's always a before that, I believe. There's always a before that. But it's easier for me to believe as a creationist, having been that I left out of my body and had an after experience. And, Tommy, you can talk about that. If some people have those and can relate to them and other people can't. So that's okay. It just means we're all gifts, have gifts, and we're all unique. But uh, it's very hard to make someone else think that what you're, you are and what happened to you is their truth because it only happened to you, right? And that's the same thing in ufology. We're finding that more and more people are at least feeling more comfortable to talk about their experiences. And uh, we're breaking them up into abductees, contactees, and experiencers, and there's many more than that, which a lot of people like James Gillen are bringing out, because so many people can see other dimensions, and so many people can work in the military and know that we had reverse engineering all the way back to Hitler's time and prior to that even, and all the way back to the uh, Enuma Elish and the uh, Bhagavad Gita and uh, all the wars in heaven and, you know, uh, all the religions, all the world religions talk about those from the heavens came, so... It goes all the way back, way, way back. I, I, I agree with you, Tommy. We, we, weren't, we may have our biological born here, but I'm a strong uh, believer that our essence and spirit, and uh, regardless of what level you are in your dimensional reality, is that we all come from somewhere else because I've had children, and I've watched the body come out of my body. And then uh, watched them before they took their first breath. And it was the life of the air and the oxygen and the crying. Uh, they say uh, air is life, but it's, it's, you have to be there to see it. But of course, a lot of people can't see with their cats or dogs. You know, they come out in a little sack, and you have to break it open if their mommy cat or doggy doesn't, you know, that kind of stuff. But they have to get that air in them to be alive. And I've watched my husband and my daughter die, been there right when they passed. And it's different. It's a different thing when you can breathe or you can't breathe. And right now, my daughter's husband is in the hospital. Uh, they basically say he's brain dead, but they're giving him 10 more days before they pull the plug. And that's sad. But they're saying uh, his body's still laying there alive, and they want to keep his body alive. But when you're brain dead, I mean, but think about it. The physical proof is there, 
But how do we prove he's still in there scientifically? It's, it's a feeling and a knowing and when you're there and when they pass. And that part that passes, which where I've been out of body, and I know Tommy has, that essence is the origin, and that comes from somewhere else in the universe. So it's really going to be hard, folks, to, to everybody agree on everything. So universally, if you'd like to tune in and help, it's strictly going to be a conversation weekly. And Tommy and uh, Tina asked me to turn on the uh, chat room. And uh, so we'll start that with the chat room. And I've gone on Facebook and told people that we're on here right now, Tommy and Tina, if they want to call in, okay? They're calling my phone. I can hear them. <laughs> but, uh, y'all got to call the, the radio show. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Back to you, Tommy and Tina, okay? And I will I will go mute while these people are contacting me through social media groups. So it's a hey, good conversation I'll, we got I'll, going on here. Okay? I'll give it back to you, Tina, but I just want to mention two things. Uh, first off, an out-of-body experience. You can't talk about it unless you experience it. You can read 20 books on it, but it doesn't help you understand it. So until you have that experience, is it going to matter? I just had a a phone guy, uh, a cable guy come here to fix my cable yesterday, and I ended up getting into a conversation with him for probably about 45 minutes. And he had his religion, his belief, and all those kind of things. But I, I tried to explain to him about being out of the body, and he never experienced it. So I told him, here's something that people do, and they don't know why, and it starts with children. And go out into a park, put your arms out, and spin around in a circle, and you pass out and fall on the ground. Now, rationally think about that. Why would a child want to do something that's going to make them dizzy, nauseous, and fall on the ground? And it, it takes it takes a little bit of thinking because most people wouldn't understand the scenario behind it unless you actually do it. So as an adult, go outside put, uh, on a beach or wherever you can. Uh, it's everything. I hope everything's on. It sounds pretty dead. Tina, I'll can you hear me? Oh, I'll okay. Hear, all right. I'll listen. All right. Well, go outside in the middle of a beach or somewhere. Put your arms out and keep spinning around until you get ready to pass out and fall on the ground. Don't stop. Wait till you fall on the ground. But think about it the second you hit the ground. There's a reason why your body's falling down. I mean, science will prove that the mind got twisted, the fluid got here and that and everything. But the body did fall down. But why did the mind want to do it? Children do it for one simple reason. And I used to do it thousands of times, so I know why. The second the body is out of control, soul steps out of the body. It's only for a split second. But that split second, you can have an incredible experience. Because now you know you're separated from the body. Uh, Little children don't understand the scenario behind it. They just know the feeling's good for a short period of time. So... Getting back to a person has to experience a death experience to understand what we're talking about. You can't read it, and you can't read it from uh, if you read 100 people's books about it. You're not going to understand it until you experience it. So that's, that's just something agree that, with that. So that's something you have to think about. But the other thing that TJ brought up, I wanted to just mention it. Uh, I became aware of being out of my body for a long time. 
and I watch what happens in the astral plane. I watch what happens uh, and beyond that. But when a soul is in a body, it has a, a body that's going to break down and die. And it knows it's going to have to leave it sooner or later. But as a child, when a child's being born, soul steps into the body. And science will never be able to prove this or not, uh, as far as I can perceive. Maybe they will. Two souls don't live in this. Two souls don't live in the same body. So when a parent's pregnant and they give him birth, the soul's right outside the body, waiting to go inside the body. All right. Life starts when the baby starts breathing. Soul steps into the body. Now the other word that's still there, but they don't talk about it, is called crib death. And the baby just dies, and they have no reason why. Now, what I proved, and, I, and I'm going to just tell you this. You don't have to accept it. Soul has karma. When you die, you take that karma with you. Depending on that karma is determining what you're going to come back as and how you're going to come back. All right? You could be coming back as an alien, but you're probably going to come back as a human because most aliens are reincarnating into the human reality. I'm not going to get into that yet. But when you come back, a soul that's going to step into a child, the karma has to be equal for, for a soul to step into a baby's body. Meaning, if, if this guy was a murderer or just a, a, a thief and a robber, he's not going to step into a body that's a beautiful family, rich, and, and everything else going on because the karma is not right. So that baby, if there's no souls that are ready for that karma, cannot step into that. But now, here's the other thing I was going to mention about aliens coming into this reality in reincarnation, which many people believe they're a walk-in and they're this, that, and the other thing. It's because of that. So there's, there's a lot of things we, we're going to get into in more detail as we do this show, and I want more people's feedback and to get interested in what we're talking about so that we can go in the right direction. Uh, but realize, truth is usually never the right direction for most people. Because truth usually takes you out of what you're totally programmed to believe. And that's because of your parents and your family and religion and, and, and everybody else you hang out with. I mean, all that programming becomes part of your reality. It becomes part of your truth. I mean, even in relationships, most people still don't understand each other. Even if they've been married 20 years and they break up, they still never understood each other. So it's a really complicated system that we, we were living in. And now that aliens are playing more active parts within it, makes it a little more harder. But it still boils down to, if you're here alive in a physical body, you really should find out and try to find out where you came from. It's not complex. It's not like, the, well, what, do I, what, what should I really be thinking about? No, if you don't know who and what you are, you're a nobody. And then to say you're a nobody and you're just a grain of dust in the, in the universe, that makes life even more useless. So uh, I feel bad about people that don't understand spirit and death. And that's why I decided to spend the rest of my life teaching about that. So with that, I'll give it back to you, uh, Tina. Okay, I'll pick up on a couple of things you said there. I agree that one thing every human being shares is death and life and it's, what anyone wants to choose about life after death is, is their own belief. Um, but there is something more. It's been my experience. I had a problem with anaesthetic on um, two occasions. And uh, I had like, you know, the bright white light and we'd go up and all that. 
and it can be different for everyone, but um, there is something more that we don't want to face now to death. I think somewhere the Egyptians had it right. All they knew, they knew what happened after death. Uh, physically, for our body, ends at death, but mentally, for the soul or spirit, whatever you want to call it, we do go on, whether that's to a different dimension or reality, but that's something I've stopped being frightened of a long time ago. But other people are sceptical because they're frightened when they die. That's it. Either they don't believe, don't want to believe, but human beings don't know. I think we have the capability, knowledge and understanding at some point in a distant past as human beings of where we came from, how we evolved and the respect for each other and the soul. I think that's been lost over time, over greed between species, relations, civilizations. Globally, we're, the human race is a mess. But there are people out there fighting for the right things, doing the right things. And I, I think from myths and legends and time will tell and all that up to modern day, all, all, all antiquity to modern day, boils down to one thing. You have a belief we don't. You know we don't. It's my understanding from my experiences that even the, what you call beings, don't really know where our soul comes from. That's the thing, the one thing that they're after, that, that we produce. We produce the vessels that our souls go into. If we didn't, then we wouldn't be human beings and we wouldn't be alive to tell that story. So, if they don't know, um, we don't know, then who or what put us here? And if they do want our souls or, or want our body or they're just scientifically interested in us. It also means that they don't know and they're more scientifically advanced than we are. So I think we're a long way off of answering any questions. I think a lot of a lot of ufology or um, history or myths and is what you choose to believe or information passed down tribes or from ancient peoples. Peoples that, yes, yes it is real because it's broke down. So are abduction accounts. So is stories in the Bible. So is other stories and hymns. It's what you choose to believe at the end of the day. Science can prove it, but then if you don't believe in science, then you, you have no proof. So th no matter where you go, there is no right or, or wrong. They're going to disprove you or believe you. And, and it all goes back to what TJ said and what you said. Everyone has their own truth, their level of truth and understanding. It's, it's whatever people want to share and it's my where I come from is helping people share what they've experienced whether people believe it or not is a different matter people want to cover it up for, for the human being safety well if human beings want to be safe we wouldn't have war we wouldn't have death we wouldn't have children being stabbed or shot or, or, or raped or violence against animals you wouldn't have any of that so it's also down to understanding. You could be in the poorest country in the world and have nothing and still be a good human being. Or you could be a multi-billionaire and still be a good human being. So there is no excuse. There is no excuse to race, hey, gender, and what mankind does to each other. Hello? Yeah. Uh, I've okay. got... Um I've asked uh, Mad Painter, which is Thomas R. Becker. He's a GM now for our company, American Communications Online. I've asked him to weigh in because this is our first one with you and Tommy on Tuesdays for our ACO UFO Club, UFOassociation.org. And uh, he, uh, Mad is a really good person. He's been helping out a friend of ours in Kentucky, Mike Greenlee, for, gosh, as long as I've known him, back to 2011. 
And uh, I've asked him to help me with this company, so it'll be for all of us as we get going with the UFO Association as well. But I wanted Tim to uh, talk to you for a minute, Tina. And uh, Matt, have you met Tina before online or on a show? This show? I've produced shows she's been on. Great. All right. Well, you guys. All right. Well, uh, Tina has been on this show for uh, Blog Talk Radio before, TJ Marcy T Radio. And this is a Mad Becker. But, uh, Tom, I'd love to have you weigh in because you have an important part in this, as many do, is that we're all important. We all have our own life story. But would you like to add your part of the story? Because you say that you believe in things you haven't seen, but she's had a very important part right now. I'm sure you were listening. So whatever you're willing to share, like she I, says, just share. I, I only listened to when, when I joined. I, I've been busy, and uh, uh, this is, well, I just caught the last little bit of what she was saying about uh, there being uh, bad things going on in the world. Uh, personally, I believe we're here to learn things, and... Uh, we're 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 here to learn uh, right and wrong, and without these bad things, you have nothing to measure good against. So, in this reality, we have to have them bad things, and it's just you know the way this reality is set up, in my opinion, anyways. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think you can't have. You're, you're, you're in the middle of the scale, though, so you can't have good without bad or you can't have good without evil, whatever way. And there is a balance on both sides in life. You can't have one without the other. You'll never have two things the same. So to some degree, yes, I, I, I really agree with that. But to tip the scales, we're all, as human beings, not like mammals or animals, as human beings with our consciousness, we choose to do things. We choose them to do good or we choose them to do bad or we choose to do nothing. It's what you use your path of life to do. That's that's where I come from. Yeah, well, I believe it's about we're, we're here to learn balance. I mean, how can you go out in the universe and actually help co-create if you can't understand balance? You know, You know what I mean? Well, um, uh, all, all companies in the world are going, Tommy. Uh, we each have our viewpoints. We each have our experiences, and hopefully we learn from that. I look at things different from my personal experiences. I'm aware of all my lifetimes back to Atlantis. Now, for me, good and bad has changed. In Atlantis which to me was the only time planet Earth was in peace and harmony. There was no good and bad. You couldn't lie, you couldn't cheat, you couldn't steal, you couldn't do anything because you were psychic enough to know whatever, nobody actually, very few people actually spoke to each other. So you couldn't lie to a person and you couldn't cheat. If you didn't like somebody, they could feel it. Everybody knew each other. The only other thing that was positive, I mean, everything about it was positive, but they didn't eat animals, they didn't kill. So that whole thing changed when the Anunnaki and the reptilians came here. And the human race have become mass killers. And we still are. So that specific thing created, I mean, the first sin. I mean, there is a first sin, killing, when somebody actually killed the other. I mean, it's in the Bible when he was killing his brother and stuff, but that was still based on Adam and Eve. But we're talking about multiple races that were here in Atlantis. 
and a lot of those races actually left. So we are all aliens because we all weren't created here. We came, I mean, sure, our families carried us and created us, but the original family that we all came from were different. So uh, when we talk about the, the concept of reincarnation, has nothing to do with the physical body. So what the physical body is learning has nothing to do with what souls here to learn. We could believe we're learning balance, we're learning compassion, we're learning all these words. And we would only go back to when we were in Atlantis. We, we ate vegetables and things like that, but everybody was loving, compassionate, and knew each other. It was totally different kind of a reality for, for that many people to live within. And then when it was corrupted, even the Egyptians corrupted what they knew. They knew very little about reincarnation. I mean, if you look at the hydroglyphics, when I went to, to the pyramids and things like that, and they show you the symbols of reincarnation and all that, what they did to the bodies for reincarnation and what they believe would make a person come back, they're only proving all those things now, that they ripped the jaws off and they took the skulls off and they did all these things to help the body reincarnate. They're not connected. And the fact that you can come back to a body, embalming a body that you can come back to, was a ridiculous idea, which they believed. But it was based on the alien races that they were dealing with that they so-called called God. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. I'm going to go into detail about it uh, from my direct experience of being there. And uh, truthfully, after the Atlanteans were killed, most of them were wiped out. The races that were here were massive killers, and we have stayed that. I mean, take the Spanish, take the, the white race, the European races. They're all massive killers. So to say balance, the first first thing which why the Ten Commandments said thou shalt not kill is because it's one of the most important spiritual laws that exist in the physical reality that mankind doesn't want to accept. Man wants to believe in freedom, freedom to do whatever they want, freedom to be whatever they want, and I'll, I'll say it's the opposite. Freedom means total responsibility. Can I you jump in there, Sorry, I agree to a yeah. point. But then you're looking at it from a human being's point, and I'll look at it from an abductee's point, because from what I understand from the beings, let's just call them beings, and um, so it doesn't matter. Everything you've just said doesn't matter to them. You could tell them a lie, and they know it's a lie. They're not interested in that. When they rush into your head or you, you communicate telepathically with them, they're not interested in God. They're not interested in whether you told a lie. They're just in there to get the information, whatever you've got in your brain, and go. Now, the telepathy that they have will contact with humans works both ways. They can hear you listening. So if you choose to go back in their history and their time to find out what they're like, they they are something similar to humans, but they they don't share our belief system they don't share um to us we are uh, like a dolphin would be or we're irritating children or something of that past they see themselves as superior and i've got to admit if you could come to another part of the universe it, so just so you were a turtle just as using it as a metaphor then you you put your hand in and grab the turtle you took his dna you put him back now that's you don't know that turtle could be a Buddhist or it could be reincarnated or you could believe in a water god. That alien wouldn't know and it wouldn't care. 
and he wouldn't know about your beliefs or understand about your beliefs and then just take your DNA, recreate more little turtles and then put you back. Now, not that it's violated you taking your DNA against your consent and, and, and spread it in, and, and put their DNA with it or what have you. They've not done it for a fictitious purpose. They've just done it for a scientific, what we would call scientific purpose. But then right. that would call that, person, that, that that Buddhist believe in yeah they would believe that Buddhists believe in turtle would then believe is that the next life is there a different realm is that God God came to me last night right well, it, again it goes falls back to your liberal understanding and, and your order in the universe that's he, why I believe each one of us is individual because the people that I worked with. And we're getting in the deep end of the pool here is uh, I can relate to Tommy in past lives uh, because I have memories. I can relate to Tina and her abduction story because I feel like at one point I was abducted. But my main role was being born into a life to have open consciousness where I could remember the family here on the planet but also have a memory of a family in space. Then, after I got to go on a case uh, with my husband for many years that Amad's helping me write up, I had this bilocation is what I call it because I've studied uh, science in a way that I'm doing the best I can in the neuroscience or ET science is what I call it, and I'll put it in today's chapter for uh, to put out there to the world is ET science is going to be more of the levels, and it is empirical, are those that have come before us, even if we're just common sense, say, well, I know I came from my mother and father. That's empirical. Something came before you, something of higher consciousness, maybe because you were a baby born with an open mind, however you want to think about it. So it's all philosophy. However, each of us experience our own lifetime, and in my lifetime, uh, I've had some memories of Moo and, and Lennis and what we call a Maria, Moo, Maria, but uh, that was after the limits, so to speak, with James Churchwood. But at the same time, I've had these experiences, Tina, in space, and Tommy knows, but uh, these beings looked like us, and they were more concerned with how we were going to help them in space like uh, galaxy protectors in the universe of our quadrant, and they could take uh, take you and have you feel just like you're there, so it's very interdimensional. And it, it was my opinion that they've always came and gone. They've always, they said God has always been, and they've always come and go, and they can come down here and take on uh, whatever they want to be, Australian. They go and they learn the uh, language and all that before they come. But uh, they were more curious, uh, Tina, and a man may appreciate this, uh, well, maybe even Tommy, is the fact that why do we do the things we do? They showed my husband when he went to a Volkswagen and he didn't know how to turn the lights on, and he got out with a girl. And, uh, if any of you have ever had a Volkswagen bug, you know that back in the day we always had the lights on the dash. And he got out looking, trying to <laughs> dart. So the one, they were curious. Then he jumped out of a window when he was seeing somebody else's girlfriend or whatever in, in Corpus, but he jumped down like, like a side of a, a two-story out into the water. And uh, they wanted to know why he did that. And then they asked him about playing poker, why certain cards. And it wasn't the fact that they, they knew they are much more intelligent than us. So uh, Tom asked them, 
why these things, and they just didn't understand. And when he'd uh, get with them uh, at another level, we call it the Supreme Allied Command, and they'd want to talk to him, and he'd get, he'd tell them that they put their pants on the same way we do. Why were we fighting their wars? Uh, I don't know what that sound is. Maybe Tommy, something really close. Uh, but the fact is that there is another level of intelligence that can communicate now with me and my husband, and I assume with all kind of other people. But the point is they did say they had uh, found us here, which I found very intriguing, but it was like millions of years ago. So, But the thing is that they did exist empirically, and they treated – and i tell you one person that quoted me was Jim Mars, a famous investigator out of Texas, great author, writer – and uh, he he used a couple of things I wrote about in UFO Digest because he was uh, we were both investigators, but we most people didn't know that. But the fact is that Jim quoted me about like we're like ants, and then I told him uh, it was like giving kids the matches, and so he used that. So I did affect some things, whether people know where it came from or the stories that were told, because they may or may not have read UFO Digest. But I started putting my story out there. But, you know, nobody has to believe what I say. It's just like Tommy's saying he, he remembers past lives back to Atlantis and that they all talk psychically. He can't really prove that to anybody, but to him that's his truth. And my truth is I've worked with people past lives too. However, I'm, I've worked with people in this reality that to me they are uh, so much more advanced than we are, plus they have people more advanced than them which is absolutely amazing. So to me, I worked with the Allied Command, and then the Supreme Allied Command, we would have to wait about three days because they had to go through a wormhole to get out to another universe. And uh, they use wormholes in space to communicate, to get the energy through, just like they do the ships. And one thing that uh, is known in space is you, you know, you, they can know where the wormholes will appear, but they stay totally clear of black holes. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't know what wormholes and black holes and galaxies were until they taught me. And I'm honest to God. And the first time I ever heard about galaxies was from my husband. I had been an abductee and a contactee experiencer with my family on Earth and the one in space. But you still didn't learn anything. You just had a report as a child that you were from two places at one time. So I agree with Tommy that we're not from here, at least in my life. But to have another level and then to have a, a existence to know there's a supreme, high, even higher level, how far does this go? And I don't know how to explain it, so I'm asking Ahmed to help me with a, uh, a story that I wrote years and years ago. I've got 30 or 40 books out there. So this, Well, Tommy's got a few, and Ahmed does, and I'm trying to encourage Tina to get her book out there. But, uh, Tina, I just wanted you to know, there's, they, to me, the ones – they they said – uh, just so you can know, Tina, that the ones that come down here and take people, they're not supposed to in this uh, this group that protects or tries to help protect the universes. And they were said that they were they're supposed they're scientific exploratories from another place in space, and they try to keep them from coming in and out of this realm or this quadrant. But sometimes they get through. Now, what they get through, I don't know. But uh, my husband and I so asked these Jay. questions. Huh? What? That is so true. When One of them, a few years ago now, and um, he, I asked him, would I see him again? And his reply was, 
they were leaving soon. Well, you know, when I saw the the huge cigar shaped thing uh, near Jupiter, that big thing, and um, he said the others are coming. They're coming soon, and they're not supposed to come here, but they do. And he told me that. All right. You know, I got to throw a couple things in first. Uh, alien races, all of them, have. Uh, now, when we talk about aliens, and I talk about creatures, beings, whatever, from a physical reality or our, our lower dimensional reality, not dimensional beings coming from a higher reality, which is like angels and deities and demons. Uh, but they have a body and they travel in a ship. So they have no feelings. No race has feelings and emotions like the human race does. The first thing is, no matter what they say they are, if you've been abducted, even if you're an experiencer, means you were put on a ship and you weren't asked to come on a ship. They didn't knock on your door to ask if you wanted to be part of it. That's an invasion of soul. That's an invasion of psychic space. Second to that, now, if they abduct you, what do, they, what do you think you, they want? Your DNA? I'll tell you the truth. The only thing alien races need is blood, not the DNA. I, can, I store a video and everything else. I could go into the facts that they need that to clone their, their own race or uh, whatever. But that's how they grow. Grays do not eat through their mouth. They don't have a mouth to eat through. So they absorb the blood through their pores. I mean, I can go into deep things that most people have no awareness of. But here's the other thing. If they come here and they want us and they, they're taking our blood, they do take semen and everything else. But basically the main thing they need is blood. That's why most people come back. They, they, they take blood from them and they bring them back here. Uh, they don't take their heart. They don't take their liver. They don't take their brain. Now, awareness but of a human being quickly, is limited. Wait, wait, wait. Where are you getting this information from? Because the greys I worked with could eat, but that's firsthand experience. So well, please tell people well, this is your personal experience or where you're getting that information because I've heard those bloody well, stories people, out there. Most of those I were to saw, cover up Dolphy. They were supposed to cover up classified. I, they were false information put out there. People repeated it because well, they put it in films. I'll go, I'm mute. Bill Snyder. Okay, Phil Snyder, the most important UFO story that's based in the United States, one of them, one of the top UFO stories. When they went in there and blew up the alien army base, there was 14,000 skeletons. They were, they were used for food for the greys. All right, they don't eat them. That's why the skeletons were still in one piece. They put them in a vat and they take their, their essence and then they, they put themselves in there and that's how they absorb the food from it. Now, Phil Snyder's not around to continue talking about that. But let me finish what I was trying to get into. When, when these races come here, what do you think the human race could offer any alien race as far as technology, uh, awareness, and things like that? The only thing that they have, that we have, that they do not have is an awareness of God. Without that, life is just life. We live life to do nothing. We do not change reality. We change the way we live. We change what we play with. We don't change anything else. And if that's what you call a great spiritual life, you can live in that. You can go over and reincarnate over and over and do the same thing. Get another house, get another car, get another girlfriend, have 10 more children, and do the same thing. We don't change what we do. We're creating robots to do everything we do, which will eliminate the human race within 20 years as far as being needed for anything. So mankind doesn't do anything important, and that's why the aliens are using us uh, it's not here to help us pollinate or defend the universe. 
When they say an alien race is doing what they're not supposed to, remember, if you're, say, say we were Venus or Jupiter or Mars and we had our race there, who do you think is going to get on a ship to leave that planet? They're going to take the homeless people? They're going to take the poor people? Are they going to take the sick people and put them on a plane and send them out into the universe to go discover something? They send their program people the same as who we put in a spaceship are our program people to do what we want them to do when they're there. So to believe that alien races come here for any beneficial reason from the human race, they're thousands of years more advanced than we are. What could we offer them? It's just like us taking an ant colony and trying to teach them to build a city for us. Why would they do it? It's totally ridiculous. Well, I can There's tell no, you what no, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Remember go Tom? Ahead, TJ. Remember yep. when Tom was alive and he talked about the warring planet, this, this planet, and he joined the Army and he had so many confirmed kills inside the uniform, inside the military, right? They keep up with your confirmed okay. kills. But he was an assassin. Now, that's him as a human. He separated his life off planet. He's the one that knew so much. And I was, why do you know so much? And I talked to him about Gus. Remember, we had a spacecraft, and it was uh, sentient. And it could come and go back to a main space, a main ship. So he knew a lot of the same things I did, but we were, you know, he was very Kentucky, born and bred in uh, Indianapolis area, Lafayette, Indiana. But he had all this military background, and so did I intelligence. So he worked as a two-division army, and I worked uh, personnel information security on my side, but I was a prior investigator. So we were scaring each other by sharing information that we both knew firsthand, okay, firsthand. I didn't study Phil Schneider. I didn't even know who that was. I didn't know who Dirk Vanderplug or Kevin Smith or Stanton Friedman or any of those people when I met Tom, except that those names came back from prior uh, Navy in the 70s, which blew my mind because I thought I was only in from 1980 to 93. So these timelines get all messed up. But Tom made me believe because I went and would research it. This was before we had the internet, folks. But uh, there was, you know, you had to go learn. And I, I didn't know, he was telling me that galaxies were like uh, records back in the day. Uh, so I would see in my mind 33 and a third. Uh, vinyl record and he would tell me about the galaxies and things like that. and he didn't study this stuff this was firsthand this is a country guy that got lucky that he could shoot really good and the president of uh, reagan took a liking to him but it's a long story but the thing is tom had his story about et's on top of his military but then somehow it interplayed when reagan wanted to know more about ufos and and tom was assigned to uh the same case I was, but we didn't know it. We were on separate levels. But, Tommy, the thing is, these people said, when, this is what made Tom mad. They taught him that they were using some of us to defend people in space because they were so far advanced. Like you said, what would they need us for? So Tom's point was they put their pants on the same way we do. They look just like us. But because they've been uh, geni uh, genoming us or DNA encoding us or working with so many people out there in the universe, not just one universe, many universes, but they uh, need us because we're so dumbed down that we will fight. We still have the killing instinct. In other words, if, you, if I, Tommy, I'm 5'11", 230 pounds, 
And if I come up on you with the kind of training I have and push you up against a wall and can tell you I have no 15 ways to kill you and do it, that's supposed to be like human nature, but I have to have a reason to kill you. Well, usually people won't unless they're threatened and just really they're fighting for their lives. And Tom told me that's the way humans were, that there was something in us that was not bred out yet, okay? And I don't know if that's good, bad, and different, but that we would fight. I don't know if you've ever been pushed to a point. I know you've had some life experiences out of body near death, but that, that we still had that whatever that is, and I don't know if that's a will to live or to fight for our physical existence, but that was one of the reasons they were interested. But there's another part they were interested. So what I do, Tommy, is I think of it like the beings that I work with, they like us for exploration, and they like us because we will defend ourselves, and they wanted us to defend them. So that's why they chose us. They were working with Andromeda Galaxy and our galaxy. Uh-huh. All right. Let me let me cut into that. I, okay. Here's the thing. If you give up spiritual reality or spiritual truth, mankind can do whatever they want. That's fine and dandy. But if you go into the fact that there's spiritual laws and physical laws that humans, aliens, everybody has to abide by. All right. Whether you do or you don't determines where you stay spiritually or as a soul being. Souls cannot leave this plane of existence. And I have, I could say a million people that understand that completely, uh, even multiple numbers more. I could have went to Africa and I had millions of people there that agreed with me on a lot of things as well. But getting back to the point, when soul kills somebody, it's destroying its ability to move forward spiritually. All right. Whether you want to believe that or not, realize the Bible has 2.4 billion people that follow it. All right more than any other book ever written through history, through time, through anything. How much of that they believe or know is true is a different story. But there are spiritual laws that exist. When you leave your body and you go to the astral plane, which I have spent a long time there, most people spend a lot of time there and come back as well. But when you go past that, it's different. Even getting back to Atlantis, I did a show with uh, Carrie Cassidy because she was in Atlantis. He's totally aware of her being there when it was destroyed. So you can get people that will agree and understand and accept what you're talking about. But getting back to alien races, what they would need us for. If they use us for killing, means they are not spiritual to defend. Now, Jesus' teachings, whether you believe in Jesus or not, said when he said turn your cheek, he was talking about killing. All right? Even in Revelations, it talks about killing. You can't go into You can't be cured of that as far as, as, as a sin for, the, for their wording. If you don't believe in the Bible, killing is still accepted, and they want people, and then, then again, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in anything? Do you believe in angels and deities? Because when you add the word Lucifer, demon, and devils, it's been practiced, practiced by ancient aliens, by every race that was here. They work with demons, and now they're separate. Until you understand all of them or work with any of them, which I worked with them all, I work with three deities. And very few people can actually say they actually worked with a being that's called a deity, that's a god. And there are gods. And when you die and you try to go into these other realms, which I talk about, talk about people that have tried. And, I mean, even that guy that claimed he was the top mystic on this planet, he said he was attached to the silver cord, which means he can't go past the astral plane. So he has no knowledge of the higher worlds. 
and neither do aliens. If you accept killing, you can't leave this lower dimension. The reality of man's thinking, perversion, and twisted uh, realities of what they're here for. Men in general, but that's sex a good is point. the most important. But at least give me this. It's so the people I, I talk question. about in the Allied Command. Okay, let me, let me just say the Allied Command is the level that I'm working with, and then the Supreme Allied Command. But now they won't kill. They're very, very far advanced. That's why they won't kill. And they had it out in the universe where nobody would kill. However, they had this one group that fell out of another universe, and they went and they raped and pillaged this whole planet that had the grays on it, these little gray people. There's all types of them out there, tall, short, gray, you know, pale blue, pale pink, whatever. Anyway, but they're beings, okay, and they're real brilliant, and they don't kill people. So they found us, and we still had that gene. So I don't know if that's good or bad or indifferent or how old we are or how new we are. I just know that that was what was taught to me and that we are all explorers out there. Not all of us kill. It just happened to be those on this planet were still primitive, so uh, don't say, there's those up there that say, I mean, they won't. They don't even know how. Then they, they, they would never kill anything. That's why they, they were sort of glad they found us because that sounds funny, doesn't it? But maybe that's why we're who we are and why we're in this reality. I'm not saying that our spirits are bad or that, uh, you know, we're not learning from the archons or the jinn or all the bad sides, maybe it is created. Because, Tommy, there's a lot of people that believe this is all just a big video game, that this is a virtual reality. Oh, no, no, reality. that's true. Uh, that they, can, all right. they can live in that reality. I'm going to go they back on the Tina, Tina, you wanted to say something? Well, I have a question. Yeah, I have a question, actually. Perhaps both of you can answer. So okay. where does all this, everything you just spoke about for the last 10 minutes, you and TJ, where does that leave abductees, I think, TJ knows a gentleman I'm about to talk about. It doesn't leave a person like Russ He is an abductee that was made to fight uh, in an alien mm. army. Now he claims that that he was he was made to fight in an alien army. Right, so where right. does that leave him? Where does that leave his soul? All right. See, here's the thing, and 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 this is just the way I'm going to explain it. You don't have to accept it. Planet Earth is hell. It's the definition that. The religions use where you go when you're bad. This is this whole dimension, the astral plane is, is part of this. But we talk about Mars, Jupiter, Venus, the solar system, the galaxy. That's all part of this dimension. There's three different dimensions within that dimension, which these different alien races come from. But they're stuck here. They're reincarnating back into this reality. That's why the population, the number of people coming into this reality daily is 350,000. There's only 150,000 leaving Delhi. So there's a lot more souls coming in every single day. And that's because aliens are trying to become aware of compassion, love, and all those words that it sees that we have. That's the only thing we have that aliens don't have. So, yeah, they're, they're watching us. They're trying to learn that about us. And maybe they would stop killing. If that ever changed in, the, in this big overall picture, the world and the universe would change. But it's not happening. Because too many people accept the reality of killing. And, and where does that, yeah, but I understand that. But where does, like you just said, if you're going to kill and have bad karma, but what if you're made to do those things, where does that leave his soul? Because he hasn't chosen to do that. He's the thing. Well, some people, yeah. no, no. T- Tina, wait, wait, some wait, people you, believe it's by agreement, 
But let me tell you, well, he can tell you his opinion, I can tell you mine, because it has to come from your own experience. But if you haven't experienced it, like you said, Tina, and you're concerned about Russ Kellett's soul, because that's where we, where we go usually in uh, philosophy as well as religion, because when you get to the soul level, that's the essence and the origin of what you really are. At least that's what most people think due to the way we're taught on the planet. But these people knew about soul that I worked with, and they could take it, and they could put it in something else. And I haven't written this book of everything that I know because it sounds too cray-cray. But I guess I got to. Janet's been after me for years, and now Mad's helping me. But I don't know that I want to put what I really know because it sounds too strange because then you have to get into the soul level. What is the soul? And they can put oh, it in oh, a box. Did. They can put it in a dog. They can put it in anything. So then it has to go back to where Tommy's talking about past life and dimensions and realities and uh, Tommy we haven't even talked about the various realms we've only got 19 minutes left but you may want to explain well, we to can't people get into that, that the soul no. alright well just play in a time but Tina there's souls people that can take you in and out put you in different things uh, let so, you and there's a consequence for that but yeah go ahead let whatever me, you think Tommy in, on what she's asking let me fill in what you said <laughs> Tina there's one important word it's called awareness most souls are unaware. And until you become aware, you can't leave the lower realm. It's like taking a kid and putting him in a spaceship and say, go fly away. They're unaware. They can't travel in the astral plane. If you're not connected to the silver cord, you can't even go into the mental plane. So souls stuck between the physical and the astral worlds. Now, when, when they come into this reality, and like Barbara Masiniak's book, Barbara book called Bringers of the Dawn, explains how aliens can absorb souls going through the Esther plane when they die because they're not aware. If you're protected, and not many people are protected, they don't even know what the word protection really means or how to go about creating it within one's life, which I'm doing a workshop on real soon. But when you do that, you can't be abducted. Now, like uh, TJ was mentioning how most people think it was accepted in another lifetime. Why would you accept you would be abducted in this lifetime? It doesn't make sense. So the problem is mankind has to, or woman, has to become aware of soul, aware what it relates to, not the limitations of it. If you can't even get out of your body, you're not aware of your soul. And then when you're out of your body, where do you go? Who do you meet with? You don't meet with aliens. You don't meet with the demons. You meet with angels and higher beings. That's the level of soul when it becomes aware. So as long as it's not aware, it's dealing with programmed ideas and it doesn't know better if an alien knocks on your door and they pull out a laser gun you you don't you can't do anything they hit you you're frozen and they put you on a ship but here's the thing higher beings in this reality or aware souls cannot be abducted and i'm saying that from my facts of my personal experiences of almost my brother being abducted right in front of me and i stopped it i work with people that were being being uh programmed and being traced by aliens and I stopped that as well uh, my good friend uh, TJ met, met, had him on a show he is capable of protecting people at many different levels and there is a protection that aliens don't work with but they can't fight it as well higher beings are protected because they're energy and it's like saying I'm going to beat up this energy form you can't I'm going to tell it to be this you can't when it's unaware in the soul state of the physical and astral dimension, it's easy to control it. That's why sex rules this planet. That's why violence rules this planet. 
Uh, it entertains. And, and so in this level, only wants entertainment. Go back to the gladiator days, and we're still fighting. We still have wrestling and boxing and all those things. To this day, we didn't even outgrow that. So to say that aliens are good, then they're going to help us, they're not. We can help fight, but we're not doing it for ourselves, and we're not doing it for God or a higher being. We're doing it out of a lower race that has the ability to tell us that we're doing what they want us to do. Hypnosis only works on certain people. I cannot be hypnotized. All right? Many people can. I work with people. I had all my friends when I was 14 years old hypnotized. All of them. I can make them do anything I told them to do, and they would do it. Hypnosis says you can't make people do what they don't want to do. Well, John Lennon was killed by somebody that was programmed by the Army. The guy that killed uh, Kennedy, uh, Oswald, the person that killed him was programmed by somebody in the Army as well. They both came out of the same rehab programming, which was a program given to them one year in advance. So, again, it's soul that's not aware can be programmed and do whatever they do. That's why a, a person follows multiple religions. They're not aware of the truth behind it. So, you know, there's a lot we can get into as far as when we d- dive into that. Because when you get into the higher realms, it becomes incredibly different. A thousand times better in every level, every which way. Imagine being in a world where there's no killing, no crime, no violence, no pain, no suffering, and no sex. It's so different. So it's, why would I want to be there? Again, as long as the human race or alien races perceive sex as important, which a lot of races do. The reptilians love sex with humans, believe it or not. So do, not the greys don't. But in general, other races did have sex. The giants had sex with humans and little people. So it was always based out of that. The deities, going back as far as you want in history, the deities, the lower deities, not the gods, loved sex with humans and and played with sex with the human race. So it's pathetic how far we moved, supposedly in time, and we're still living like we did in the old days. So uh, I hope that answers you a little bit better. But for yourself, I look at you as a person that's growing and protected in a, in a lot of ways now because you accepted what happened to you, you realize what happened to you, and you're learning how to deal with it at a different level than then just being abused by it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think everyone, once you realize and understand what's happened, sometimes that can take many years to even face the truth. Then, um, yeah, I think you release a lot more on your subconscious and it does come out and you do learn and you do learn to cope with it yeah after yeah. agree with that but but see now you still have the ability to become aware of who you are as a soul separate from the see earth keeps the environment where you're programmed to believe that's important we don't learn much in a lifetime we don't learn much in 10 lifetimes we still stick our hand in the fire when we're little we still we, we do things that are wrong and we know it and you think we could have learned after 20 lifetimes or 100 lifetimes, and we don't because the awareness of soul is not there, and it's, and it's not desiring it. The only true desire for people to meet God or understand God at any level is when they truly become to a place where this reality is really not a, no longer important. I mean, if we believe this reality is heaven, why would you want to leave it? Alien races don't want to go to anything higher than they are. They feel superior. That's why they're taking over the universe. 
And here's one, one thought that people never realize. Could you imagine if all the universes in all the galaxies were compassionate, loving beings? Do you know what it would be like? I can give you one simple word. The first word would be boring. Second of all, the laws would have to be direct. We couldn't have different laws. Oh, we're running out. TJ, was that you? Hello. Who's uh, playing the music? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, a man here. <laughs> These phones are crazy. Okay, he's listening. Okay. Uh, we've only got 12 minutes, Tommy. Do you uh, see if Ahmed can uh, add some here for the show? And let's talk about next week's show, okay? Let's try to wrap it up here before we run out of time. Yeah, I don't know. That was sinking of my stuff, and I was knocked out, so I had to call back in. So I apologize, folks, for oh, the interruption. Okay. But Ahmed, uh, uh, are you there? And uh, I want Ahmed to talk about Thursday's show with Ken R. Johnston, too. In the last few minutes, but go ahead and wrap whatever you were saying there, Tommy, and let Tina have a couple of minutes, and the Mad can explain about what he's trying to do with our magazine and out in the radio show. Okay, and I go back on mute, folks. Sorry about that. I'll give it right. I'll give it. I'll give it to you, T, uh, Tina. But uh, realize what it would be without this physical body. Imagining not having to have sex, not having to eat, not having to die. Imagine being in that space what you are. It's not anything comparison to learning how to not eat this food, how to do this, not to do drugs, not to this, not it's all limited to the dimension that or the realm that you're in. And hell, planet Earth, the physical reality is very limited to what soul can do in its own reality when it lets go of this body that it holds on to. But I'll give it to you now, Tina. Thank you. Well, I'll leave you with a uh, little thing then. So on the flip side of that, to give the other listeners on the other side of the uh, coin, so to speak, what would you, as an advanced civilization, want to come to a planet where everybody hates each other enough to kill each other, rape each other, kill the animals and then eat them? Would you want them going to meet you or would you want to go to their planet and meet None them? None at all. No, exactly. So <laughs> that's a thought to uh, keep you going until next week. But, no, but you're um, here. Every everybody is here, and they are stuck here until they learn different. Uh, so, Ahmad, do you want to? Uh, can you hear me? Okay, are you there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Okay, I guess TJ wants you to talk about uh, Thursday. Um, I'm really not sure what we got planned for Thursday at the moment. Uh, we're trying to get together a club. And uh, like-minded people who want to uh, discuss disclosure and uh, get together and talk about anything UFO. Uh, the subject you're talking about right now, uh, see, if if we lived in a world that was heavenly, then we would have no purpose for having this place. You know, exactly. I think this is a, this is an this is an object lesson. Like I said, we got to learn to use balance. And, and once we pass from this realm to the next, if you don't know balance, you're doomed to repeat this uh, existence as many times as it takes for you to learn what you're here to learn. So well, uh, that's just my personal opinion, you know. No, no, no. It's 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 fine, and it, it is your uh, view and it's your experience of life, Tina. I just want to say to you, like uh, when we when we go into the higher realms. 
There's no civilization. You're not building a city. You're not building a community. Soul is individualized to itself. What it creates and what it does is, is limited to... It's like if you had your own dream and you dreamed all your dreams, nobody else is in your dream with you. So when you get into the higher realms, you create your own realities for, your, for the way you want to perceive it and create it. And that's given to you when you're aware of what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, you don't create a reality and say, I don't like these and just destroy it. I mean, if God was that way, it would destroy planet Earth, which it does in certain levels because of what we do to a reality that we live within. So for a person that wants to become aware, there's simple techniques to work with to become that. And I try to teach that. I'm planning on doing a four-day workshop on that because mankind, if they live by man's rules, will die by man's rules, uh, which is Unless pretty sure sad. Unless you're never brought back. <laughs> but uh, did you, did you, were you able to get another phone call about the show or no? No, I have messages. I'm, I'm going to read the messages out. I had a message, um, a private message from a young lady, and one didn't want me to release her name. But we'll talk more about that next week. But if you want to contact um, me, Tommy, or TJ, um, you can contact me on the Hive Initiative, which is just my blog, or the Hive Group, or me on Facebook. You can ring into the show, ask questions. There's a chat room online. And if you're in the UK and, uh, and you're unable to phone America, you just put zero zero in front of it to reach the US. Or you can email the show, message the show, or message me, or message Tommy privately, or again, you can message the Hive Initiative or group, or you can message or email uh, TJ directly. And again, on the podcast, you can call into the show. Um, but we'll have an interesting show with more um, comments thoughts and experiences with me and Tommy and TJ next week but uh, for me here in the UK I will be going having a good night and a cup of tea and I shall see you all soon I will hand you back to Tommy and TJ well it was definitely a pleasure Tina Uh, so everybody please tune in tell your friends about the show Uh, thanks to to Matt and and TJ Uh, we're creating something that's going to try to help people at least Think about where they are in life, what they want out of life, and, and what it really means to them. Because uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, as long as you're looking at it as a positive thing, knowing that we can always get further down the road if we want to. Uh, you're never stuck, no matter what's happening, abductions, possession. There's always a way out, and there's always a way to move forward. Uh, I did abductions. Uh, I did possessions. Uh so, yeah, there's never a lock. You're never frozen in a space where you can't get out of. And you're never forced to do anything you don't want if you're aware of what's happening. I mean, if the government said nobody's going to get no money, we would out be on the street starving to death and die, a lot of us. But uh, as long as we try to keep balance, we should. So with that, so I'm going to give it to TJ to say goodbye. It was a pleasure, everybody. Tune in next week, same time. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, uh, Tina Bird of UK, doing an excellent job. Uh, she's our representative, our director in the UK with our UFO Association, and we are forming an organization. So it's ufoassociation.org, and uh, we'll put more. Uh, Tina will be able to get in, and so will Tommy to put more on their page. 
It's like a blog page, and if you'd like to have one, please let them know. Uh, a mad painter is helping me as a, a graphic artist and general manager of the radio, and uh, we're looking to fill up our other shows during the week. We get two hours a day to fill up, and uh, so this is the UFO Association Day. Thursday is Allied Command Organization today with Ken R. Johnston with more veterans, prior government like uh, – Oh, who did we just have on a mad? Uh, your friend, uh, Elena Scott, right? That's, uh, she was with MUFON. Dr. Elena Scott, right? Dr. Uh, PhD. And uh, we've had Dr. Bruce Cornett and, of course, Dr. Bruce Maccabee. And uh, I, I'm, we're just organizing where we know who each other is. And if you'd like to be a who's who in the UFO organization, please let any of us know. That's Tommy Hawk's Blood Sinisi on the Big Island and Tina Bird in the UK. And, of course, Russ Kellett, I'm sure he'd still be a point of contact if we ask him in the UK. And we have Lenny uh, – what is Len, Lenny's name? Uh, we have another one I know of that had agreed. And then uh, a mad painter is in Georgia. He's also Thomas R. Becker. And uh, – Right now, uh, I've only got Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I do have some other people that are willing to come on in other countries, Dr. Samus Monagich, and then uh, someone agreed, okay, now we've got Dr., uh, we do have a Saturday and Sunday show. We have Dr. Uh, uh, Rick Miller, Dr. Rick Miller, who is a metaphysician and has excellent books written. He's done a lot of work in ufology, alienology, metaphysics, cosmology. So, uh, Mad, be sure and write down for everybody uh, 8 o'clock Saturday. I need to go build that show. So uh, I'll do that for Saturday, 8 p.m. And, Tina, uh, I know you'll be sleeping, but, uh, Tommy, you're always invited. Mm -hmm. on, uh, so everybody is. That's in our association. And we'd like to know who you are. And if you like uh, – if you're – a UFO enthusiast, uh, regardless of what you think or, or watch on television or in movies or whatever, uh, we're expanding the universe. And I personally think that all of us are part of that connection, that we're all connected in the expanse of this universe into others. And I've been fortunate enough to have out-of-body near-death, and I do believe in this reality because of what I'm experiencing right now with uh, Matt and Tina and Tommy, and they keep me uh, grounded as far as having friends on the planet with similar interests. And my grandson lives with me now. He's 20. He's in there. So he's like a full-time uh, grandson right now because we've had so many deaths in our family. His mother died recently, and he's having a rough emotional time. But it's hard for people these days. So I've got three generations here in my home, I know a lot of people do in the United States of America and probably around the world because times are not as uh, financially profitable as they used to be. So we can hope that if everybody will get involved that we can make things a little better, and hopefully we can figure this out and get us some sponsors out here that will help us pay our overhead so all of us can share. But in the meantime, if you'd like to donate, you can go to – ACOassociation.com, UFOassociation.org, or TJMarsETRadio.com, those three places. I'm 
if, if I'm sure I've got a, a donate button. If I don't, I'll put one up. But that will help us pay our overhead and uh, get everybody out there that needs to be known in who's who in our UFO association. And, and, and we'll, man, be offering a, we'll, we'll be offering a magazine each uh, – Every it's going to be bi-monthly. So every two months there will be a magazine put out that you can go to Amazon and buy. It's under Allied Command Organization. Uh, the first issue is up there, and it's not very big, but the next issue will be three times the size. That's Allied Command Organization, and the reason we're calling it Allied is because of all the Allied, that's all the veterans and all the people that work in space as well, and Ahmed's doing his best he can to talk about space, and the space waste is something we're looking at to bring awareness to, and uh, helping those on the planet and off-planet as well, because we're all connected. So I guess that's one big universal wrap-up, and we'll talk about uh, 10 dimensions and all the universes in the future. So stay well, happy, and we believe in love and light. Uh, I call us the Ascension Age. So love and light, everybody. Thank you, Tommy Hawksblood Sinisi of uh, Hawaii, Tina Bird of the U.K., United Kingdom, and uh, Thomas Becker. Yes, thank you. We look forward to creating another two-hour show available on iHeart, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, FM Radio, Podcast, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and all kinds of other places. So thank you, everybody, for being a part of our family, UFO Association and Allied Command Org and ACO Association. Now, it's got ACO UFO Club so we can keep the ACO and UFO connected. So thank you, everybody. Good night. We'll see you Thursday. Now, a different time, though. Um, at, we go 8 Eastern. That's 7 to 9. And then this Tuesday is in honor of Tina for UK. So 7 to 9. That's 8 to 10 Eastern Thursday night. And then we'll have Saturday and Sunday. Thank you, Tommy, for arranging all this. We appreciate it. Appreciate your help. Thank you, Tina. You're excellent. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you very much, PJ. Thank you, Tommy. Good night. Good night, America. <laughs> Y'all have a good reality. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's good a reality. We'll talk, Tina, all right? Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good night. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night.